What up, everybody? Welcome into the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast. That's Colby. I'm Dutt, and we are excited to have you in tonight at, uh, what is this, episode 35? 36. 36. I'm losing track. Yep. They're rolling along. We've had a pretty good week in sports. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun. I, you know, there's nothing, no major, uh, you know, one topic to just focus on, but a lot of little ones to, to touch on and give our thoughts on and figure we spend a lot of time in our toast and scumbag area you know right right so. it's kind of a dead period i guess in in sports since since you and i you and i aren't too big in the nba yeah we're not you know. basketball i do love hockey but you know a lot of our listeners don't don't care about hockey <laughs> now nah, we're in the south man uh, not many so. people care too much about you know puck for sure baseball season started up nba and nhl going to the playoffs College basketball wrapped up. Spring games are wrapping up. Uh, we do got we do have the NFL draft around the corner. Right, right. So that'll give us something to talk about over the next couple of weeks. I have some NFL draft news tonight that okay. I came came across. So, so yeah, that'll be good. We'll dive into it and let's just see where it takes All us. All right. Well, let's just go ahead and get rolling with our opening toast. Cool. And I'll start off, you know, with last week we were talking a lot of women's hoops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about Caitlin Clark and the LSU. But I wanted to recognize Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina. She went number one overall in the WNBA draft. And, uh, and South I, Carolina was well represented. South, yeah, they actually had five go total, right. and they had three go in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, very impressive. And, you know, that. What Dawn Staley has accomplished just down the road from us is, is impressive. You know, she, she's she got the premier women's program right now. You know, it went from – I think it went from Tennessee to UConn. Right. And now Dawn's – I think Dawn's the – Yeah. The, you know, UConn's still in the, in the mix. And, sure. you know, you got the other teams, but – just yeah, as you're going to have something to say about that this, this is coming true. year, this is true. You know, they're but, returning some good players. Yeah, they, yeah, they lost. I think they had two drafted uh, into the WNBA. Um, so, so yeah, that was that was the uh, first person I wanted to recognize was was the Leah Boston, and then you know, also a little shout out to the to the whole South Carolina program because it's like I said, Don Staley's done. Or are they a team of chokers? <laughs> I mean, you got I mean, three drafted that high, and you well, still can't get it done. I, I think mean, they, I think they ran in. They, they got it done last year. The year, you know, not yeah. this season, but the last season. Uh, you know, Aaliyah Boston was the main reason for sure. that. I think this year they just ran into a, a buzzsaw in Kaylin Clark and didn't have an answer for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not calling them chokers. I was just throwing that out right. there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, you know they. With five going into the WNBA, you'd think, of course, if you want to go that route, you could throw that, that label on uh, Alabama's men's team, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. Definitely discuss it, for sure. It was a disappointing finish. And anyway. then I'll throw one more out there. Uh, you know, speaking of hockey, like I, like I mentioned, uh, I'm a big hockey fan. And the Boston Bruins, yeah. they still have one game left. But they have already established – the best regular season in the history of the NHL. Yeah. They would just won their 64th game okay. out, of, out of 81. Yeah. 
That's freaking impressive. It's insane. And a, and another game to add. Yeah, to they the got points. one more game against Montreal. Which if they if they really want to win the game, they'll win it. Right. You know, they may they may you know rest a bunch of people. Who knows what their plans are? It's you know Thursday night. But yeah, they set the record for most wins at sixty four, most points at one thirty three, and they can they can tack on to that. Yeah. And to put a little perspective on that, the second best team in the league is. Carolina Hurricanes at 111 points. Right, right. But then so, you know they're they're struggling down. They the are. Stretch. Yeah, they they've gone cold down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they possibly could lose the number one seat. Yeah, yeah. They've so only got one point up on the Devils, and I'm kind of hoping they do because the Rangers are the number three. Right, right. <laughs> and whichever team finishes second, that's who the Rangers have to play in the playoffs. So, uh, but that's a 22 point difference from first place to second place. Yeah. Which is equivalent to eleven wins. I mean that—that's impressive. I've never seen. You know, I remember when if a who, team got who to had, who had the highest, wasn't it the Penguins? Wasn't it the Pittsburgh Penguins? I think it was with the highest single season yeah, point was, total. Yeah, and, and they've kind of destroyed that point oh, total. Yeah, yeah, with one more game to go. So right, yeah, it's it's add to it for sure. It's definitely like I said. I don't know if you know if, if they're as dominant in the playoffs as they have been in the regular season. Oh, it's a, give them the cup. Yeah, it's a done deal. But you know, there's there's some speed out there still left. Yeah, there. I mean, and and playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey. Right. Uh, a lot of the rules go out the window. Uh, so, like, if you're a, you know, a finesse team in the regular season, you might not fare as well because they, they let they let the – That should be good for Boston because oh, yeah, they're yeah, typically yeah, a bruiser, yeah, yeah, bruiser yeah, team. Yeah, I don't think it's going to affect Boston. <laughs> I don't know what their team's comprised of this year, but I know nah, they, they got years a, past they pretty much would beat you they're, off the They're puck. pretty physical. They're pretty physical. Yeah. Uh, They've so, always yeah, had such a huge back line, you yeah. know, that just – I mean, they're they're complete, well put together, well orchestrated team. You know, that's the thing in hockey. You can't just be straight finesse or straight bully. You you've got to be well rounded yeah. to be successful, and that's what the Bruins are. It's like I said, it's impressive. Cool. So, so that's who I wanted to toast. Who you got? Well, you know, I'm t- I'm gonna go to the Masters. Going to the Masters. Yeah, Mr. Rom. John Rom. He's definitely one of my favorite. Current players, um, very likable. Anchored the, he anchored my team on FanDuel, so I was appreciative. <laughs> he was the first player I chose. So I think um, uh, he's the favorite player of the PGA Tour also because he kept a couple live golfers at bay. in his rear view. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. But anyway, John Rahm, great champ. He played spectacular down the stretch in, in poor weather. Um you know, he overcame a four-shot deficit, which which looked insurmountable because Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka is like, he's the terminator when he has the lead in the mm-hmm. majors. Um, so, so anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. And you know, on a side note, it was Jose, not Jose, but Seve Ballesteros's birthday mm. on Sunday, which is obviously every Spaniard. Spaniard, yeah you know, mentor and, and man that they looked up to the most. But, you know, it's just something really, it's always been something kind of really beautiful and poetic about Spanish golfers. I mean, 
you know, I've watched golf since I've been watching the Masters, you know, pretty intently since I was 16. I think the first Masters I tuned tuned into was Jack Nicklaus's hmm. 46 year old Masters victory. Was, now you know I'm not as big into golf as you are. Don't follow as closely. I do, I do know that Rahm is a Spaniard, but I know he went to college in Arizona. Yeah, ASU. Did um, yes, Phil. So when it, Mickelson's yeah. brother was his coach. Yeah. When did has he was he born in Spain and been here all his life, or did he just come here for college and he stayed? He, for, he came here for school. He came, came here. here for college golf and and has moved here now. Now he was family being on and being on being the tour raised here. I think he married an American woman from college, so okay. um, he lives in he lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. So he definitely assimilated to the U.S. But. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure. I just, like I said, I, I knew that they were calling him a Spaniard, but then I also knew he he played his college golf in the U.S. So yeah. I didn't know what the whether and his parents were Spaniards. Or yeah, like, his parents are are fully full blown, fully Spanish, and you know that's what's kind of cool about his story is you know as you mentioned, he's really close to the Mickelsons, mm-hmm. you know, with him, Phil's brother being his coach, and he's still really close with Phil because. He's asked, you know, he's gone to Phil for a lot of advice. Mm-hmm. Both of them are Arizona State grads. So, um, you know, I think that's kind of a cool thing. And, you know, when you're talking about <coughs> keeping live, live golfers at bay, you know, one, one cool thing I took from the Masters this year and even being at Augusta on Monday for the practice round, you could see the camaraderie among the players and, and the media kept trying to, so, Stir up the 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 rivalry so between live. No, it's really not there. Honestly, I think it's there in some form. You know, deep right. down, obviously, the PGA players were wanting John Rahm to win. You know, over Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. But the players still they still get along so well. Yeah. Nobody gets along anyway. With uh, I can't even think of his name now. It just slipped my mind. Patrick Reed. Oh. Nobody likes Patrick Reed anyways, you know, because there was that blow-up between Patrick Reed and Right. And, and you Rory. know, I'm sure they, the, the players look at it like, hey, you know, you do you, I'm going to do me. You know, it's not nothing personal between the players. It's, no, it really it's is. It's what each, each player thinks is best for them. It really is, you know, it's it's really the the battle of – of me versus the course, mm-hmm. not so much them versus other players. Most of the players look at it that way. If I if I play my game and I do well on on the, against the golf course, I'm going to fare well against the field. One last note before we move off of this, you know, I think you know one thing is interesting to me about the Live Tour. It's only a 54 hole tour mm-hmm. event. And you know they they don't they make a big deal that that's not a big deal the live players do but Brooks Kepka never relinquishes a lead yeah. in a major but, ever. You know, they, they were saying you know Dustin Johnson was struggling. You know was it because these guys haven't played enough golf? I think I think it's because they haven't played enough competitive golf against a loaded field. Mm. And I just really think Brooks Kepka. Faded down the stretch. I don't want to say he choked because he was second place in the Masters. Right. I mean, that's to me, that's 
Well, but he had, what, a, a four-stroke lead? Four-shot lead, you know, after 54 holes and then the last 18, you know, of course the weather conditions were brutal, but honestly, I think – I think the live tour, it's so loose and so. Well, and it was that was also the structure is so weird. It was that, also eighteen more holes than he's used to been playing. Yeah. You know, he's used to a three day tournament, not a four day tournament. I think it got him. I really do. I think it got him. I really. I mean, but then you see Phil Mickelson, but Phil Mickelson course, loves Augusta. Yeah, he's at home in Augusta. He plays well there. So. Him doing so well wasn't that big of he's a surprise. He's not that many years removed from a victory, is he? No, I think his like last five or six, yeah, maybe. I think his last victory was 2016. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit I think, longer than I don't, don't quote me on that, right. but I'm pretty sure it was 2016. But I mean, he just actually, I guess it was Tiger who won in, in 19. Like 19. Yeah, Tiger maybe won was, in 2019. It, that was sad to watch him trying to walk on Saturday. Yeah, he, you, uh, you know, on Monday when I was there, I remarked to my to my brother and my dad you know that he's in pain you could see it he was in excruciating pain and and honestly you know, you've been to you've been to augusta mm-hmm. that that course is is not set up for somebody with a bad leg yeah bad foot but we'll get into a little bit of tiger discussion i, I got a okay. piece i do want to throw okay. out there and talk um about tiger all right so that's that's my opening that toast, opening John Rahm, yeah. All right, well, let's raise our glass to John Rahm, Aaliyah Boston, and the and the other Gamecocks that got drafted, and then the Boston Bruins on a hell of a regular season. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm. So smooth. What you got? I went Statesman. Oh, yeah, you like that one. Yeah. Well, we're doing, we're doing 95 proof. We got another rabbit hole. And uh, the high gold, the, the high rye, and it's 95 proof. So, you know, I like to try to stay around the same area. So, I actually almost, after I poured it, I thought, I should have just poured some of that cave hill from last week. Right. But I had already poured the Statesman, so can't go wrong with either one, really. No, nah, no. Nah, that's some good stuff. I got uh, Rare Breed. Okay. It's good. Yes. It's, it's a nice that's, zipper. Yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite of the wild turkeys i was in i was in a well that statesman statesful today i picked up a bottle i got me a bottle of bt did you i actually uh i stopped in the abc store that is on my way home they had it too no they didn't uh Uh, i I walked in and and they were telling me they had the horse soldiers because i had been asking for them before and i said yeah i've I've got the complete set right now and i was looking around i said but what you need is the Bowden Bond, right? Uh, Southern Star Paragon. I said you've only got the, they've got the regular one, and then they've got the cask strength. And she, but she told me that those weren't selling. I said, well, that, that, that's a shame because they're very good bourbons. Mm. And I said, and the Bowden Bond is the best of the three, which is the one they don't have. Well, the ABC in in Statesville today had all of the Southern Star line except mm-hmm. bottled and bond because mm. i would have picked i would have picked you up a bottle of a bottled right. and bond but they didn't have that of course they would only let me buy one one bottle of buffalo trace today mm. 29 bucks <laughs> 29 bucks well you know i wonder if if they had some in maiden because she asked me is there anything else 
uh, you know, or is it, I don't remember how she worded it, but the way she worded it, it almost came across like she was trying to drop me a hint that to ask, ask for, for it. and of course I've got a, I've still got a liter bottle over sure. there. I haven't opened right. yet, so, but, but I, I felt but like, you know, you, you never pass up a I bottle know, of I, Buffalo I, Trace. I, I know, I probably should have asked her. $29. Uh, because, like I said, it was almost like she was dropping me a hint when she was like, I'm surprised she didn't just outright tell you. A lot you know, of, well, and, mean, and usually she does, and that's right. why I, like I said, it, it just came across as mm. as a hint, but uh, and maybe she didn't come right out because there was other people in the store. Mm. Yeah, the lady at the ABC Today, I was like, let me give me let me get two of them, and she was like, I can't, I can't do that. I was yeah. like, come on, it's just twenty nine dollars. She was. <laughs> You could tell she was like thinking about it, but there were so many people. Well, and it's funny around. you say that because uh, um, my wife was had a client that, that she just finished up, and uh, we were talking about bourbon, and, and she said her husband found some Blantons, and the uh, the clerk he he was like, "Can I buy more?" And she's like, "Sure, my boss sitting here." So she let him buy whatever he wanted. <laughs> where was this? I didn't ask her. Oh, I didn't man. ask her. I would be interested to know where, right. where it was. Yeah. So it's all the ones I go to, they're usually pretty pretty strict about it. Like I yeah. said, I, oh, yeah. usually when I go in Maiden, it's it's usually just me in there. So that I'm I'm wondering maybe that's why hmm. she was dropping a hint rather than uh just coming out and telling me. But uh Oh well, the the travails of, of bourbon hunting in North <laughs> right. Carolina. It's not. It's fun, I guess, because you just never know what you're gonna get. But honestly, it's frustrating because well, that's why I like. You stop because you just it just might be that bottle. Right, and it's but, never there. But I, I've I've quit asking. You know, yeah. there's so many more that I still haven't tried. Sure. That yeah. I'm, I'm kind of to the point now where I'm just. Looking at, at trying some some other ones, and if if I happen to luck upon something, I'll get right. it. Obviously, but you know, I used to ask every time I went in, and now I don't even ask. Well, I was thinking about purchasing that chicken cock, that island. Have you seen that one? I haven't it's, seen that it's yet. Like, it's like it's it's uh it's been finished off in a rum cask. Oh, okay. And but it's you know it's a hundred and what fifty bucks I think. Mm. So I'm I'm thinking I was thinking about pulling the trigger on that. Well, one. I know they but, got you know, the, we don't really we don't really care for we, yeah we're the, not we're not the, big for the the, the finished, finished casks yeah. we're not yeah. really big on those so yeah. but the rum the rum cask I think would be good mm-hmm. but you know you know it's 150 bucks well you know they got that double oak too but uh, and I found out it, it's kind of a more about the way that the they, chicken cock has a double yeah, oak but um. it's but it's it's not. It's not the the one barrel. It's it's it goes from like a used barrel to a new barrel or something like that hmm. because it was based on a like a barrel shortage. Uh, but anyway, I, I still when I hear double oak, I don't get excited. No, no, me neither. You can you can keep that wood for <laughs> double oak. Yeah, I mean we gave that a a one. I mean that was that was not good. Who would have ever thought? You know a. a and that's what my dad drinks 70, exclusively is the double oak. Really? Yes. I can't imagine. You know, that's a seventy, eighty dollar bottle of bourbon that we gave a, a neat. Everybody. I mean, we, I gave, mean, a, gave, it a we gave it a brown bag, bag yeah. not a neat. Yeah, exactly. 
everybody loves the doubled oak that mm. I come in contact with. But I've tried it, I think, three times now, and I've not liked it any any time. Yeah. So, all right. Well, speaking of not liking things, let's uh, talk about our let's our, talk about our scumbags. And uh, you know me. Anytime somebody lays hands on a on a woman, I might have to call them out. Another another uh, sport that we're not really into, but uh, NASCAR driver Cody mm-hmm. Ware, he was arrested for felony assault by strangulation and misdemeanor assault on a female, mm-hmm. and he's been suspended by NASCAR, and uh, obviously he was arrested, and uh, so yeah, he's. He's one of my scumbags. And then my other scumbag is uh, Mr. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's he. A, that's an interesting. Uh, and and a, a part of me really, it really, I should say, Kyle Anderson is the scumbag because he's the one that kept calling Gobert a bitch. Yeah, I know, but you know, his teammates came to his defense. Right. You know? Because he stood up for himself, yeah, like I said. So yeah. really, maybe. Gobert's Kyle... a bully, man. Well, but the only reason I, I say Gobert is because. He got suspended and didn't get to play. They had a play-in game right, against the right. Lakers. And lost in overtime. And yeah, yeah. By like three or four points. So, I, I mean, he I, could have been the difference. I smell conspiracy <laughs> to me because that was kind of a – I mean, he didn't even really punch him. Nah, he like yeah, just he kind of swung at him. And well, he kind of like just him punched him in the chest, chest a little, like yeah. like a hard push. And and then he gets suspended in a right. big game. Well, the the – the good news is I call bullshit. I think well, that's well. That's, the good news is that that was the seven eight. So the Lakers sealed the seven seed. The, the uh, T Wolves is it the T Wolves? Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota yeah. T Wolves. They get to play one more game oh, for the I, eight seed. I thought that was it. Now see, so what they do is the seven and eight play each other, and the winner <clears throat> is locked into the seven seed. And then nine and ten play each other. The loser, he's done. The winner plays the loser of the seven-eight game. Okay. So they've got one more game against, and I, I, I think that other game is played tonight. So I don't even know who that they'll play against. But oh, that, that so blows so my yeah, that was that is the, the well, yeah. Water. So that is the only uh, you know silver lining is that they do have one more game. I thought I thought for sure that that seemed rather set up for the Lakers, you know, because mm-hmm. that wasn't really a punch. Now, but you know, it, it it's your teammate, and it's in the middle of a game, and you're on the sideline, and you gotta you gotta restrain. You know, wait till he, wait till you get to the locker room, and then beat his ass. <laughs> right. But uh, of course, he he was kind of injured also, and that's why a lot of his teammates were saying, you know, he's calling him a bitch <laughs> for playing soft, but he's playing hurt. Mm. So. You know, maybe maybe it was a combination. Minnesota wanted to rest him for the constant, the, the true uh, elimination game, mm. and they just, yeah. you know, made 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 a big PR move by suspending. Him. I don't know, but uh, so yeah, he, him and Cody Ware, those are those are my scumbags this week. All right, who you got? I'm going with Bidwell. Yeah, I I, I started to throw him up there, but. Uh, yeah, it was easy. I mean, hell, he he may rival Daniel Snyder as maybe the I don't think so. I mean, but, is, it, I is mean, it a is it a prerequisite that you have to be a scumbag to own an NFL team? I guess. I mean, I guess them guys think that they got so much money they can do what they want to do. You know, I mean, 
His latest accusation, you know, using a burner phone to communicate <laughs> with his suspended GM. Yeah. Who was, was suspended because... Multiple DUIs. Yeah, multiple DUIs. You know, he was already accused for poor treatment of, of women and minorities right. in, in his in his office. And then, of course, you know, the they were having a... They were having a uh, survey being done. And, yeah, like a workplace. Yeah, survey. and he stops that because it's not going yeah, so well for him. It's like, yeah, everything. Everybody's talking shit about you. Well, let's stop the survey. <laughs> let's not do the survey. Let's let's just not go through the motions on that one. And his team, his his players, gave him an F grade for his what for for treatment of families, food and nutrition programs. Yeah, yeah, because because they did a. Uh, a survey of the players as far as what's the best facility atmosphere and all that and yeah the cardinals were like one of the worst yeah teams to that that you want to you would want to play for that's you know that's that's, that's not good for the cardinals you know especially with given the the tumultuous issues around their quarterback situation and new new coach so yeah yeah, the old coach. I don't know if you saw. He uh, I saw. He that, just went yeah. to USC, yeah, quarterbacks coach. They're gonna be all offense over oh, there. Well, that's the thing, you know. <laughs> the offense wasn't an issue last year. Well, it's, it's never an issue with in, in, in yeah no. out, out west coast. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he gets to work with Caleb Williams next year. That should be fun to watch. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, Lincoln Riley still got defensive holes. You know, I mean, yeah. they they you can't just. I mean, I guess you can try to outscore everybody if that's what you're going to try to do, but that's going to come back and bite you in the backside when you get when you get the playoffs, playoffs yeah. for sure. Yep. So it's it's actually never been a very good proven um, method for Lincoln Riley. I mean, yeah, I mean he it, puts up some crazy numbers and gets his quarterbacks Heisman trophies, but then they get to the NFL and flop yeah. outside of Jalen. Yeah. But Jalen had other schools influence right. as well. Right. That's why he's doing good is because of Alabama, not because of Oklahoma. Yeah, because you know he's yeah he's running more of an Alabama offense in the pros he than he is up, in Oklahoma. He put up monster numbers to maybe get get drafted higher at Oklahoma, but, right? And in rate, but yeah, it's, it's like uh, you know, smoke and mirrors, bells and whistles it is, offense, it, and the players they their offense doesn't translate over and that's a huge issue that's a huge issue for Oklahoma quarterbacks mm-hmm. for sure they and they all pretty much go baseball <laughs> they want to <laughs> go baseball but at any rate yeah that's my scumbag I don't have any other scumbags okay I was, yeah nah it's uh I was gonna I was gonna throw Greg Norman in there as a scumbag you know the live tour president but yeah, he got banned from Augusta. <laughs> they didn't invite him. He got pissed about that and had some smart-ass comments about not being invited. But, you know, he was obviously only going to be there to stir the pot and not be positive. And I think the PGA has made some positive moves. And I think ultimately um, Live Tour has been fine. I don't have a problem with Live Tour. It's, you know, there's room for many tours. Yeah. But I do, think- they, do, do they – are they televised? Yeah, they're beginning to get televised, but they got such it's such a weird atmosphere. Music being played and hmm. I mean the players are in shorts and you know, it's just different. It's just different. I don't think it's gonna It's like the XFL. Yeah, I mean <laughs> gimmicky. I, just, I don't think it's gonna go over you know, great. But you know, if it's done anything, 
it's made the PGA have to adapt and improvise. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always different in Augusta anyway because because Augusta's is in a bubble. You know, Augusta can do what Augusta Almost wants. literally. <laughs> it really is. I mean, they can do what they want to do. They don't. They don't need the money. They don't. It's not about profit for them. You know, if you go to the Masters, it's a dollar fifty for an egg salad, dollar fifty for pimento cheese, three dollars for a yeah, chicken sandwich. It's five dollars for a beer. Even the souvenirs in, yeah. in the pro shop. I mean. You're, you're not paying three times markup. No, it's not astronomical. And, I mean, I, I saw a stat where they're making like $33,000 a minute in their store <laughs> the whole week during, mm. during the Masters. But, at any rate, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome place to go to for sure. But that's, that's it, man. That's it for my scumbag. I know we talked about a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like scumbag. I said, I knew, I knew we'd spend uh, half the show just in our – toast in our scumbags so <laughs> let's uh, come in hot and uh talk about a few other things going on in in the sports world you said you wanted to talk a little uh nfl draft stuff what you yeah i, I heard something kind of interesting today michael lombardi mm-hmm. former nfl exec he was he was on his podcast talking about cj stroud and, yeah. and that that the word on the street is that he's not easy to coach. He's not a very coachable kid. Yeah. Now, whether or not that's some smoke and smoke. mirrors at the end. Right. Um, you know, all the all the sports talk radio I've been listening to and podcasts, all of the uh, all the arrows are pointing at Bryce right now mm-hmm. as the number one pick overall. And, I mean, you know, we're, we're biased. I'm very biased when it comes to Bryce. I can't quite not get out of my Alabama goggles when I think of Bryce, but I'm still a little bit worried. You know, I he he is slight of build. You know, and I saw a good comp for him, Jeff Garcia. Hmm. Remember Jeff Garcia had a couple of yeah. fantastic years. Very good years. But his body just could not withstand. And it don't take, you know, I mean, when you think about these D linemen that weigh 300 pounds that are going to fall on top of him, you know, even if he gets the ball off, they're still, yeah. you know, contact afterwards. And Not only that, you know, you just, I mean, you look at some of the more mobile quarterbacks that the NFL caught up to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think the one the one thing I heard a comp today of Barry Sanders for Bryce in terms of his avoiding hits, right. not his running ability, but avoiding hits. And you know, one thing watching him all these years, I have always remarked on on how he had eyes in the back of his yeah, head. Yeah, he's got he was, that. He's got him and Joe Burrow. You know, yeah. I've heard him compared to Burrow as far as that pocket sense and. Just being able to know where they're coming from right. and elude them. Really, I think my favorite, excuse me, comparison isn't even a football comparison. I think I like the Steph Curry comparison yeah. the best because he can he can dish that ball like Steph can. He can hit the, the, the he can hit the long shots like Steph can, and just got the moves and just will make people look silly with some of his moves. Or you know, I've heard. Uh, a Patrick Mahomes light, you know, because Mahomes is is a magician, also. So, 
Yeah, I mean, talent wise, un, un, unquestioned. I mean, if he was, yeah. I think I said it before, if he was 6'2, 220, they'd be talking about him in, in Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning type of admiration. Oh, easily, easily. The, the, I mean, the one thing that, that they talk about mostly is processing. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the word I've heard the most. Is processing, how, accuracy. How quickly he processes information wrist. and throws receivers open. And, and, you know, you know his height has never really – he's never really had a lot of bad and I'm balls. Not even, I'm not even worried about his height. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of six-foot-four guys getting their balls back. Sure, it's release points. It's release points. And processing. Yeah, and, yeah getting it off. If, and if then you're f- processing things pre-snap and then post-snap quickly, yeah. you can find your lanes to throw the ball in. I he's mean, always been that height. Absolutely. So, you know. It, Never been an issue. He's 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 had to play SEC that. SEC has always been. And, that, and that's why. I, yeah, exactly. NFL caliber line. Exactly. And, but, and that's why I just say I, I'm a I, little worried for the longevity. Oh, easily. I, I don't see him being a 15-year quarterback because yeah. I, <clears throat> I agree. You know, there's going to come a point in time in his career where he just can't outrun that edge. And I, I, I meant to look up. You know, you think about you think about players like Julius Peppers, six foot eight, defensive end, running a four five four six. I mean, sideline to sideline. I mean, you're not going to outrun that kind of player for too too many plays. So sooner or later, he's going to get he's going to get caught. And like you said, you know, the big worry is is not necessarily getting hit. Mm-hmm. It's getting piled on. And that's what I, I I meant to look it up earlier was what did Drew Brees? What was his playing weight? Looks like it was about two oh nine. Yeah, I was gonna so, say he was six foot, about two ten. Yeah, this this Wikipedia's got him at six foot two oh nine. Right now they're listing Bryce at five ten and a half, two oh four. But is he gonna play at two oh four, or was no. that his inflated yeah, water weight yeah. at the combine? To yeah, to, he absolutely loaded up. You know, so the, he's probably gonna play at one ninety five, maybe. Right, right, maybe. <laughs> and I mean, he's how old is Bryce? Twenty two, twenty one or twenty two? Yeah. So he's got you know a good. Yeah, he can still fill three in three or four more years of of filling and maturing yeah. in his chest and his. His shoulders, he's going to pick up more weight, but he absolutely blew up for the combine weigh-in. I yeah. mean, that was some bullshit. He's clearly. 21. Yeah, 21, okay. He's 21. He's actually in Houston today. Houston's got the second pick. So. Oh, I thought he was in Charlotte today. Was it I Charlotte think Charlotte yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, I think, he was in, I think he was here yesterday, and he's in Houston today. You know, you were talking about uh, former – GM giving his opinion on things. Another former GM, Mike Tannenbaum, he's saying that Hendon Hooker is the best quarterback. In the, and it is, I always find it amusing because there's a reason these guys are former GMs. Yeah. Because sure. their opinions uh, weren't good enough to make them current GMs. Well, I mean – one thing, you know, you know, you and I have talked about draft day and, and maybe coming up with our own list, but that's that's not gonna happen because, <laughs> you know, the more I watch these 
these mocks and the more I watch actual drafts, yeah. it's all a guessing game. It is. It's, it is. It's all a guessing game. I mean, game. Mel Kuyper's got everybody trading up and four quarterbacks being the first four picks of the draft, yeah. which has never happened in the history of the NFL. And this quarterback class is not really deep enough for, you know, because you got two legit quarterbacks that need to be dra- drafted high, Stroud and, and Young. The other three, there's a lot of question marks around them. Well, I mean, like I said last week, if you put the five, if you add Hooker into the four, I would probably, I would probably rate Hooker third of all of them. Well, there's four out of those five. You add Hooker into that. Out of those five, two of those five statistically are going to fail. Yeah. Well, and so although, which two is it going to yeah. be? I mean, you can go back to to the Joe Burrow draft. You know, you had Burrow go one, Tua, Tua went five, and, and Herbert went six. And those three quarterbacks are nice. – I, I don't know that I'd put – you know, based on Bryce's size, you might would take those three over any quarterback in this class. Well, you'd clearly take two of them. Yeah. You'd clearly take two of them. That's yeah. one thing that this class – this class is a deep quarterback class – but there's nobody. It's elite. It's nobody at that elite level that right. you're like a like a Luck, right? A Manning or a Joe Burrow, a Joe Burrow or what's his name from Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, those guys were no brainers because they had they it, had everything. It, it goes back to if Bryce had that size, sure, there would be no discussion, be, and he would be considered that. He, elite yeah, he talent. would. He would. He would be over. Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, he would be in the same breath as Luck and yeah. Peyton Manning. But you know, you have to consider his build. I mean, oh, yeah, dude, I mean that's part of it. I mean, because that's a wild card. Yeah, you sure. can't say if. I mean, because right. it, it is what it is. Uh, another uh, little uh, pre-draft n- nugget for you: uh, Will Anderson was visiting with the Detroit Lions, hmm. and I don't think you know they're they're. I think they're at six. I don't see him falling to six. I mean, they they might be interested in trading up if they really like him. But could you imagine a D-line with Hutch on one side mm-hmm. and Will Anderson on the other side? That would be nice, man. Detroit. Detroit's in an interesting spot. Yeah. They're in an interesting spot. I mean, if, if four quarterbacks go – if moves get made and four quarterbacks go, I mean they got their choice. Well, between you still got Will. Seattle. You still got Seattle at five. Yeah, but you still gonna have your choice between Will and Carter. Carter. Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, you know, I think right now, well, you know, if, they need a DB though. If didn't they just trade a Cuda? Yeah. They just traded a Cuda, so they're if, probably looking DB. So if um, if Carolina does take Bryce. It would not surprise me if D'Amico took Will, if Houston took Will Anderson number two. Oh, that would not surprise have, me. He's got to have a quarterback. He does. I mean, well, I mean, he might. He then go out and trade for Lamar Jackson, or man, he can't. You know, if they've got. Uh, he's still pass got up on Stroud at two, man. Well, he's not coachable. <laughs> <laughs> well, D'Amico can coach anything. <laughs> yeah, D'Amico is a hell of a coach. But. I didn't say he was going to pass no, up I on know, him, I know. but I won't be shocked if 
If Bryce you think goes he's, one, you think he's a Bama homer like that? I don't think it's quite a homer. I think he's a defensive stud and be, knows the value of a defensive stud. It'd be hard stud. to pass up on a defense. You know, he he and and think about where he came from. San Fran, who has continuously done it without a top quarterback. They've done it with a running game and a hell of a defense. And so a, that's the and school. An elite defensive end. Yeah, Bosa. Uh, yeah. So that's the school D'Amico grew up in in the in the NFL. Hmm. Wouldn't and that be some? Wouldn't that be some? Bryce goes one and Will goes two. I I, I will not be surprised. Y'all heard, heard it here first. It could happen if Bright if Carolina takes now if 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 Carolina takes Stroud, I think D'Amico runs to the stage and and drafts Bryce. But if Bryce goes first. I can see I can see D'Amico shocking the world and taking Anderson second because, like I said, he's he grew up in that Shanahan, San Fran system, right? Where you don't have to have elite quarterback play; you have to have elite defense. And well, if you don't and, let them score, that's, that's and and you grind it out with a running game, and then you you know if it doesn't work, then you're sitting pretty next year. Maybe you get a Caleb Williams next year. Yeah, ne- next year you next year definitely has the elite so feel to it. Don't uh, don't sleep on that move All right, right there. We'll revisit that comment. <laughs> we'll revisit that. Any other bold predictions on the draft? Uh, that's the only thing I had jotted down here in my notes. Going to be some draft day trades for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh that, that and that's where I I don't know if I ever finished my thought. I kind of jumped around. Um I saw a mock but, with Will Levis going first, which I think is BS. I mean, that Levis and Richardson I think they're a crapshoot. Yeah, they've got very high ceilings, but they've also got extremely low floors. I mean, right, they they right. can that's they why can, I think it's going to be They can bust Bryce out with the sure. best of them. Because the Panthers have just loaded up on off-season moves, and it's almost like it's almost like they think – and they were close. We talked about it last year. They were close. You know, they were a, a good quarterback away from having a playoff contending team. So, they got the defense. You know uh, – And they picked up all that off-season. I think Trey Lance help. is going to be available for trade. Here's 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 a name for you in Houston, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Well, he's a, he's a name for anybody. Because I mean, they've got a ton of picks. Yeah. So grab Anderson at two, and then if if you, I mean, they'll probably will be in a position where they could draft a Hooker or a Richardson or a Levis at I think it's nine is their second pick. I like I like the Hendon Hooker pick, you know, late in the late in the I don't even know in the first round. I mean, I might be willing to try to get him in the second. Yeah. Cuz I could see him slipping. Yeah, well, I mean, the question with him is, you know, when's he going to be ready uh to play? Sure, so but he, I mean, this might be a redshirt year for him, but I I still think he's the third best quarterback in this draft. I haven't looked at his timeline. It was ACL, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at his timeline. It's, but. It was about close to Jameson's. Of course, different positions. You know, he doesn't right. quite need that explosiveness and cutting ability. True. Although that's part of his game. Hey, he's he's not a he's not a run first dude though. No, but it is part of his game. Sure, I mean, he's he, a, he'll extend the play. Yeah. 
Hmm. But uh, now, be interesting I, to see where he goes. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's what I'm saying. You know, Houston can get creative. And, you know, come out if you're not going to come out of it with the best quarterback, come out of it with the best defensive player. Do you know their picks? Uh, no, not off, I know, not off the top of my head. I know, like I said, I know I know they got number two. Maybe we should do maybe we should do a show prior to the draft. Just. Just make our crazy predictions and see how close we get. <laughs> we should do that. But it might be I, interesting. I keep I keep starting uh, to uh, mention the, the how Arizona I think is in a very favorable position. You know, with the number three. So if you're assuming the the, the top two quarterbacks go one two. Then, what does Arizona do at three? Do they trade back and and get some capital? Do they go for Will Anderson if he's still on the board or Jalen Carter? Nah, they need so much defensive help. They they I don't see them trading out of that. It's a twelve. They've got number two and number twelve in oh. the first round. Oh wow. Hmm. And then they've got two thirds. Fourth, a fifth, one, two, three, oh, they could, six. They could easily go Will and then Hooker at twelve. They could easily get Hooker at twelve. Mm-hmm. Probably even get Levis at twelve. Of course, you know, right now a lot of the predictions have them taking whichever quarterback the Panthers don't take, so either Stroud or Young, and then taking like a Smith and Jigba uh, at twelve. I mean, that that would be kind of sweet too. Would be to to come out of it with. With Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba, yeah, uh, you know, keep them two together because you know they have already got a, a chemistry, and you're getting the second best quarterback and the and the best wide receiver. Something about Smith and Jigba that doesn't sit well with me. Well, yeah, I, but, I think he got durability issues, and he didn't his his speed is he not. Got, he got heart issues. Yeah, man. he he uh, he didn't test well. Uh, at the combine, so he's he's not a, a super fast receiver, and he's not got a huge size either. So yeah, he he. But them Ohio State receivers. Yeah, I mean they they're, they trend, they, they're they, trending they, up in the NFL they, for they sure. They definitely have a a good Bastards. strong history. Bastards. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, over the last couple of seasons they they've. Uh, Surpassed Bama as wide receiver U. Yeah. How about them Tampa Bay Rays? They're up to 11-0 now. Yeah, they're, they're going to become the next Charlotte professional baseball team from what I'm hearing. Oh, really? Well, I mean, the t- their attendance is horrible. Yeah, it always has been. Yeah, it's horrible. And they've always had, you know, well, the past five, six, seven years, they've been really good. Well, so. all the Florida residents are Yankees fans. <laughs> true, true that. Half of our fans around Charlotte yeah, are Yankees or Red Sox yeah, fans yeah. or Braves, but that'd be cool. No, yeah, they're they're up, but yeah, I've heard some you know rumblings on Major League expansion, and obviously Charlotte is is probably top two of of potential the expansion areas. To get areas. One. So the Rays, I've heard the Rays talk here lately about them leaving Tampa Bay, and Charlotte would probably be a destination. My. Uh, my bold take on uh, on the Rays would be that they're going to lose tonight. To they play Boston, and uh, Chris Sale is pitching for Boston. So 
I, I don't. You know, the record for to start the season is thirteen. Thirteen. The Braves I, did it. Yeah, in eighty-two. I remember the Braves doing and the, it. And the Brewers did it in eighty-seven. About the and, about uh, the year I became a Braves fan. Yeah. So I. I think I think it's going to fall tonight. Let me see what the score is here. Speaking of Major League Baseball, how about Shohei Otani? Oh. I don't think it's going to fall tonight. Oh, they up, they up big? They're up 6-1 to one in the fifth. Okay. Holy shit. Well, there goes that theory. But how about Shohei Otani, man? He broke a, a long-standing Nolan Ryan record. Yep. Yeah. Ten, I mean, it, ten starts with not surrendering uh, two runs or less. Yeah, that, that we we've, we talked, was it last week? We, no, yeah. or two weeks ago. No, we last talked. week, I think. Yeah, we, he's he's impressive. Leo Mazzoni made the statement that he was the, maybe the greatest player in the history of the game. Yeah. If he, Gonna be. If he does it for a few more seasons, I, I I agree with him. He went one for four that night with a single, so pitched in at the plate and, and pitched from the mound. And I mean, I, I like him. He's fun to watch for sure. Well, you said uh, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about Tiger. What did you have on Tiger? Yeah, I wanted I wanted to talk about Tiger. You know, obviously he withdrew from the Masters, citing plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. You could tell too; he was limping bad. He was limping during practice. And anytime you've got, I mean, you, me and you both have had our ACLs done. So when the weather turns wet yeah. and cold, it was a horrible things setup things ache him. worse. It was. It, it couldn't have been a worse. Masters for him in terms of weather. Yeah, true that. You know, the the one thing though I do want to say though is out of the out of the twenty five percent of the world's top three hundred that made the tournament, you know, only fifty four of those eighty eight invitees, the top three hundred, actually made the cut and he was one of them. Yeah, I I I was happy he made the cut. So you're talking about a guy with with a leg that should have, you know, for all intents and purposes, should, almost was amputated. Right. He basically put together a leg that was a bag of bones after the accident. So he's walking basically a on, a, on a rebuilt <laughs> leg that's not even the same leg that it was. You know, he's had fusions, plantar fasciitis. You know, all these things, and here he is still making the cut at Augusta in that yeah. weather, and Rory missed the cut, Justin Thomas missed the cut. Those are just two of the most notable players. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, I've, I've seen all kinds of things about Tiger Woods, but, you know, if you've played golf, you understand how difficult the game is. And if you've ever been to Augusta, you will you will quickly see how just how hilly that golf course is. And long. You cannot tell how hilly it is from the from, from the, the TV. TV. Right. And you, when you're there, everybody remarks on. I can hear people talking about you know how I can't believe it's this hilly. I never mm. thought that. Right. You know it was it's not the right course for a one-legged man, <laughs> especially in those horrible conditions. Right. So. You know, don't don't tell me number one. Don't tell me Tiger can't win again because he can win on the tour again. I just think I would like to see him take a take the rest of the year off. But I know he won't. He's going to play in all the majors. But man, I would love to see him take a year off. I mean, and not only that, he's forty seven. Yeah, he's getting up there. So Jack Nicholas won. He's the oldest winning 
made the only the oldest winning Masters champion at 46, mm-hmm. and Tiger just took it on at 47 from 7,400 yards. Yeah, I was gonna say the course is a lot different than oh my than gosh, they what moved the course Jack played on 13. I don't know how many if you knew this or if anyone knows this, but I don't know if you remember being at at, at Augusta when you and I went Amen Corner. You could see Augusta Country Club, which is an adjacent country club right. behind it. You could see the, the the members playing golf and peering through the woods. Well, Augusta National bought part of that golf course to move the 13 tee box back 30 right. yards. Yeah. And so number 13, which has always been kind of a, a cherry-picked eagle opportunity for the touring pros it was now a layup hole for the majority of the field uh it was just exciting to watch and just a a really really i mean i've been able to hit i can hit the ball a long ways and and it wouldn't touch nothing at augusta i mean (laughs) the the length that these guys hit the ball is just it's insane i remember when they lengthened a bunch of the, the holes a few years back because they tiger proof it, yeah. They, when they were trying to tiger proof it, yeah. Well, so that's moved. why I said what what the course that Jack played on is not what they're playing on today. They moved no, they moved 13 back 30 more yards, which you can't even see. You can't get to 13 T box, which sucks, but you can't even see the curve around. So mm-hmm. the T shot was crazy. I mean, it, it actually makes that course so much more exciting the tournament but anyway that's my bit on tiger man i just i i hate to hear people talk shit about tiger because well i think a lot what he's done to himself i get it it was the off the off the course type of stuff but he's also been like probably in our lifetime he's probably been I mean, he's on par with Michael Jordan. Oh yeah. So and in Babe Ruth, and so when you're talking about superstars, I mean, these are like oh well, he these are like black black holes of superstars. They're like the the money that that they're making today. The Live Golf Tour wouldn't even be in existence. A lot of these young stud golfers they took up the the, the game of golf because of Tiger. Yeah. So I mean, he. He completely changed the PGA and, and golf altogether. And he still moves the needle, man. You should have seen the crowds around oh, yeah. him. It was crazy. Well, I mean, you, you turn it on Sports Center and they talk about the leaders and Tiger. Yeah. You know, so he he's rele- he's still relevant. Very much. He's still impressive to watch and still commands he still commands the respect of the players and that's what's beautiful about watching a live tournament is just watching how in awe the actual touring players are of Tiger. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It really is fun to watch. All right. Well, I think uh, we, we're about to our time limit. Now I got one or... more point, man. <laughs> well, Caleb Love, man. Little North Brick Carolina. City. Caleb Love. Guess where he's going? I know where he's going. Michigan. He's going to Michigan. He's, how about he's that? Bringing, he's bringing his bricks to Michigan. Hey, man. Y'all need something built up there? <laughs> Always, man. It might be his chance to right the ship. Might be his chance to break out. I think y'all got a better player in in Namari Burnett than you did Caleb Love. You got a good backcourt coming to Michigan. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he 
Hopefully he can find his shot because he definitely lost it. Well, I think a change of scenery for him, and Could I think good, Jawan yeah. giving him, you know, kind of a a long leash to just be himself and and you know a, a just new. Don't don't let him get around your girlfriend. <laughs> well, I don't have that to worry just, about. Just, thankfully, just, but you I'm, know, I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking to the other players. <laughs> talking about the just Michigan give him a, just room. give him his own locker room. <laughs> So, How know. about that UNC going to Michigan? That was that's a pretty cool move for him. Michigan needed it, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, anyway. I, figured, I figured you were going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I had to mention that one. All right, well, we got uh, number two in the rabbit hole series, the high rye, the high gold. And we're going to go over to the bar and taste. So uh, let's make yep. our way over there. We'll taste that, and then we'll, we'll rate, rate that, that shit. shit. See you at the bar. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.